Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have an update on the work on setting up a flax straw processing plant in Regina. The plant should be up and running shortly after Christmas. We talk with the provincial agrologist in Swift Current to get an update on harvest progress in the southwest. Real Agriculture looks at Ottawa's proposal to cut greenhouse gases from fertilizer use by 30%. We have a crop update from Manitoba and more information from the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Regina-based Prairie Clean Energy has completed a successful trade mission to Japan. Prairie Clean Energy is developing a waste flax straw pelleting plant. CEO Mark Cooper says the flax straw pellets will sell as a biomass fuel for power generation. We got back a couple of weeks ago from uh, a week in, in Tokyo meeting with uh, companies, uh, Japanese companies, uh, to talk about the opportunities to bring flax straw pellets and wood pellets from Saskatchewan to the market in Japan. We had a number of fabulous meetings with the largest trading houses in, in Japan, companies like Mitsui, Sumitomo, Mitsubishi. Uh, we also had uh, great meetings with our, our now almost longtime partners, uh, the company called Renova, which is Japan's largest publicly traded clean energy company uh, and really starting to put the finishing touches on I think what will be a a long and and mutually successful partnership with them. So it was an opportunity to introduce ourselves to the market, meet some new potential clients and build on a very strong relationship with our partner Renova. Any contracts signed this time? No specific contracts coming out of of the meeting, but the company called Mitsui, they're coming to Saskatchewan here this month to meet with our team, so they'll be here in about two weeks. And Renova is uh, coming again here in in early September to meet with our team as well, and we expect that we will be signing uh, an investment and a partnership deal with Renova within the coming weeks. When will you start buying flax straw? Well, we've already started entering into uh, contracts with farmers for flax straw this fall, and we will be buying straw this fall. Still working out the exact volumes, but we intend to be buying uh, straw this fall and in production shortly after Christmas. So when will the pellet plant be up and running? Well, it should be by or shortly after Christmas, Jim. And so uh, the specific timing is still being rounded out, and it kind of depends on the delivery of the equipment. But we definitely here, if not before, then right after Christmas. And when will be your first shipment of pellets, do you think? 
Oh, man, that's going to be exciting. So I think that our first shipment overseas of flax pellets is not likely to go out until late 2023. We're going to be producing pellets all through the year. But before we're shipping pellets overseas, we've got some work to do on refining the pellet recipe. And so we'll be selling the pellets that we're producing in early 2023 locally to farmers and others who are replacing coal and want to burn flax pellets. And so we'll be using most of our 2023 pellets locally and until uh, until we get the recipe right near the end of the year is what we're anticipating. So I would expect that our first overseas shipment of flax pellets will go out late 2023 or early 2024. What does it cost to set up this pellet plant for a processed mm-hmm. flax straw? Well, our, so our first facility, which we announced during the farm show, is here in Regina. It's it's an existing building, and so we don't have to build new, which was fantastic. So, uh, you know, it's just the cost of equipment and some other infrastructure pieces. So just probably a little over $2 million, all told, for the cost of the first facility. And then future facilities, which we're already starting to explore in other parts of Saskatchewan, we anticipate between 12 and $15 million total cost for construction and everything involved. What are the benefits of flax straw pellets? Well, uh, you know, flax straw is uh, very comparable to wood in terms of the performance of the pellets and it's fully renewable and sustainable which is not the case for most other biomass fuels you know we know that the straw is there every year and it's a complete waste product uh, and uh, farmers of course don't have any other use for it other than burning and so our ability to harness that very sustainable and renewable fuel source and bring it to market it really put, presents it as a unique value offering for our customers Additionally, Jim, a really important factor that our research has, has led us to, to realize is that the, the straw is, is more stable. It's got a lower greenhouse gas you know, impact, a carbon impact, than that wood pellets do, and certainly than any other carbon-based fuel does. And so it positions it really well as a strong, sustainable, and renewable fuel source. How wide an area around Regina will you buy flax, straw, and roughly how many tons do you hope to process the first year? So um, our max production in 2023 will be 60,000 tons, and so it'll be in that range. Uh, it could be a little less, but it will. that will be the max that we'll produce. We're entering into discussions within a radius of 160 kilometers, so basically 100 miles, although certainly we favor straw that's closer just because of the transportation costs, but our conversations are ranging as far out. We're certainly getting lots of interest from farmers outside of that radius. We're not going to be able to buy that straw this year, but that's certainly part of our conversations as we go forward with future facilities. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Harvest is advancing in southwest Saskatchewan. The crops extension specialist in Swift Current, Shannon Chant, says farmers are making good progress in combining the 2022 crop. Kind of around Swift Current, a lot of the pulses are coming off. Uh, I saw peas that were coming off this morning just north of Swift Current. Um, I think a lot of areas in the southwest, the lentils are, are coming off as well or being desiccated. So I haven't seen much for cereals that have been coming yet, um, but they're they're definitely ripening up. When do you expect that it will be in full swing in the southwest corner? Pretty quick, I would expect. Um, I'm guessing a lot of guys have started already. I know I saw a combine out on the 28th of July that was harvesting peas just south of town. So I think there's probably probably going for most people. Have you heard any yields yet or is it a little premature? 
I've heard in some areas that lentil yields are um, not as not as good as they could have been for sure. Um, I don't know if that's kind of due to the spawniness of the, of the rain we've had, or in some cases we didn't get rain when they were seedlings, so it may have kind of slowed them down a little bit. Um, I haven't seen the fields myself, so can't say for sure, but possibly some stresses there. And we've also ha- been having a lot of fairly high temperatures, like um, high 20s mid 30s there was one day it was 39 so that putting stress on plants too have you heard of any problems with diseases or insects um, I haven't. There's grasshoppers have kind of been a bit of a concern throughout the year, even earlier on. I've had a couple calls about grasshoppers. They have been kind of over the threshold in a few different crops. What about hail? Any big hailstones, storms? Not that I've heard of personally. I know there has been some hail in the region, but not that I've t- I haven't talked to anybody about it. So uh, when I talked with the agrologist in the southeast, she said bumper crop there. Would you? How would you describe the crops in the southwest? No, I, I wouldn't say bumper crop. Probably. Um I mean, compared to a year with more moisture and with a better start, they would definitely be less than that. Uh, And you can kind of, even driving, you can kind of see where there's been a variability. Like, you know, a nice, even cereal field is kind of completely flat, whereas some of them are kind of wavy. And so that either is different heights or different, you know, different maturities or a combination. So uh, crops definitely are shorter than they have been in good years. So I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go with bumper crop. Um, in some cases, probably better than last year. Uh, in some cases, not, depending on, on hail and heat and a few other factors. In the southeast, it was only some areas that were, you know, looking that good. Tell me about okay. past, how are pastures doing in the southwest? I haven't talked to anybody with pastures recently. I know earlier on there was some concerns in the spring about stuff drying up. So I'm guessing, you know, seeing cereal crops are kind of but all over the map maturity. That would probably go for annual forage crops as well for cereals for that are going to be used um, as to be baled or green feed. Shannon Chant is the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Right now, we have a situation where mainstream media, the broader market, the broader farming audience has really grabbed onto what's going on with the federal government's intentions to reduce fertilizer emissions by 30% by 2030. Here to clear the air on what is happening? It is Karen Proud, President and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. Karen, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure, Sean. Karen, this is an issue we've been talking about for quite some time. Uh, what is? What do you think has brought so much attention to this issue now? Yeah, that's really interesting, Sean. It's about uh, it's about a year uh, late um, for for this attention, but but we're we're happy to have it. I think there's a few things going on right now that has drawn so much attention. I, I think globally. Uh, we're all very 
concerned about food security. And so people have a much heightened attention on anything that could affect our food supply. And, and I think that's, that's helping to drive things, but also we're seeing um, other policies in other parts of the world uh, causing concerns. And we've recently seen a lot of pro- protests in uh, the Netherlands over a similar policy. It's not the same, but similar. And I think that has people talking. And then, of course, some of the premiers and, and provincial ministers of ag speaking out as well. And I think that's also drawn attention. So there is certainly sharper lens on this issue, which which we certainly welcome. Yeah, you mentioned Holland and it's there's similarities, but there's also differences. So what's different about what Canada potentially is attempting to do versus what's happening in the Netherlands? Well, my understanding is that the emissions reduction in uh, Europe and the Netherlands is a mandatory uh, reduction and a mandatory approach. That is not what the government proposed when it came out with uh, its uh, emissions reduction targets at the end of um, 2020. Uh, What the Canadian government did was a voluntary target, uh, still concerning because, of course, we have to look at if, if it's not achievable um, from a voluntary perspective, what happens um, at, the, at the end of this? Uh, does the government now uh, mandate it? So that, I think, is the, the largest difference. Also, the size of the, of the reduction, I believe, is, uh, is also different, but it's, it's a similar policy and it's a similar answer to the global concern of climate change. Getting a lot of emails from the audience about this issue now, which I agree. I'm glad to see finally that people are getting some, you know, getting their head wrapped around what's going on here. One of the words that's being used frequently is ban, that this is a ban on fertilizer. Do you view this as an attempted ban on fertilizer? I I do not. And I think um, we were very concerned last year when this just came out and we hadn't been consulted, nor had anyone in the agricultural sector or or the provinces. They were looking at an absolute reduction in uh, emissions, which essentially would mean a reduction in, in the amount of fertilizer used. And of course, that then puts a cap on farm productivity. And, and that was our big concern. So we, we undertook a study uh, looking at the impact. We shared that study widely and, and we've ever since been in conversations with the government. What I find has sort of changed in the dialogue with government is that our Minister of Agriculture has come out now recently um, talking about the fact that she does not see this policy interfering with farmer productivity. And is and she's been very clear, I think, when she's spoken um, publicly and, and in the House of Commons, that it is not about reducing uh, the amount of fertilizer used. So that's very positive. On the other hand, we still have this target that, that has been set by the government that the only way we could achieve it at this stage would be to reduce fertilizer use. So we've got a bit of a discrepancy now, but I think we've got a recognition from the government that it's far more complex than they had originally thought that they can't put a cap on farm productivity and that they really have to start working 
more on nutrient use efficiency in order to achieve uh, to achieve that target. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agro weather forecast on the Source six twenty CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy sky today, wind southeast 20, gusting to 40. The high 25, the low 15. Thursday, cloudy, 30% chance of showers in the afternoon with risk of a thunderstorm tomorrow. Wind south 30, the high 25, the low 15. Friday, sunny and hotter, the high 31 with a low of 15. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 27, the low 14. Sunday, sunny, the high 29, the low 14. Monday, sunny, the high 29, the low 14. Tuesday, sunny with a high of 30. Normal high is 25 for this date. The normal low is 10. The sun rose at 5.39 this morning. The sun sets tonight at 8.28 p.m. And currently, the hot spot, it's a tie at two spots. Val Marie in the southwest corner and Leader in west-central Saskatchewan, both at 28 degrees. The cold spot, LaRange at 17. Estevan is 23, Saskatoon 21, Swift Current 27, Weyburn 22, Yorkton 21. Cloudy in Regina 22, that's 72 Fahrenheit, which are from the southeast to 23. Humidity is 51%, the barometric pressure is dropping 102.6. Cloudy in Moose Jaw 23, winds are from the east-southeast 22, gusting to 35. Once again, Regina cloudy in 22, that's 72 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Harvest time in Manitoba is on the horizon. Manitoba Agriculture Oilseed Specialist Dane Fraze says cereal crops are coming along nicely. Well, we're seeing the winter cereals ripen up uh, quite quickly now. Uh, there's some pre-harvest desiccation going on, some swapping in fall rye. And we are seeing a limited start to harvest there. No yields reported to date. Uh, following that, our spring cereals are turning and, and starting to fill fairly rapidly. Most of them are reaching the hard dough stage this week. Uh, however, we are seeing some aphids uh, cause some damage in some of our later seeded crops, uh, particularly in oats. So we're advising growers and agronomists out there to go scout their oats take a look and make sure that they are fewer than 12 to 15 aphids per stem if the crop is prior to the soft dough stage. So that's an important distinction to make. Phrase says oil seeds are advancing. Right now it's a, it's a waiting game. 
we had some wonderful weather where it was a little bit cooler, uh, a little bit of rain in the past few days. So that's really brought down the temperature on average and extended the blooming period for canola. And as a result, we do expect to see some very good pond fill. We don't expect to see much heat glass this year at all. So now it's just a matter of time before those pods fill and we get closer to harvest. Fraze says there are a few insect and disease issues with oil seeds. Limited insect issues right now. We do see some higher counts of diamondback moth larvae. Um, however, no area of Manitoba particularly stands out as a hot spot. But in sunflowers, we are noticing that grasshoppers are still doing damage there as it's one of the greenest crops around. And the producers are mind, mind, should be mindful of um, monitoring damage there. Fraze has an update on some other crops. Soybeans have advanced very rapidly. We're seeing them reach the middle of pod fill right now. Field peas are starting to turn as they've reached full pod in some instances and starting to brown off a little. Uh, that should become fairly widespread in the next week. Uh, but we are not seeing any desiccation or pre-harvest activity just yet. Fraze says Manitoba livestock producers are doing a second cut of hay. That's right. Second cut hay is ongoing. Um, still seeing very good yields, and in fact, we're seeing better quality on second cut hay than even first cut. Uh, just due to a bit of a drier weather spell right now and, and less rain on the swath. Uh, both yields are doing quite well, uh, average to even above average this year. Fraze expects full-scale harvest activities in Manitoba shortly. In about two weeks' time, I would see a, a generalized start to the earliest spring cereals. Winter cereals should be done by that point, uh, but those acres are limited to about 180,000 across the province, so it's not a huge number. Uh, once we get going into the earliest spring wheat, see a fairly general start there, and then it should uh, carry on as normal from that point. Dane Fraze is an oilseed specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com the class of 2022 for the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame was announced yesterday. The six individuals have played a significant role in our province's most important economic sector. Les Hill was a project manager with the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute in Humboldt until his retirement seven years ago. Hill spent many years testing combines to reduce harvest losses. Part of our evaluation program really highlighted what the losses were so that you could sort of see what the capacity of that machine was because there's a big difference between throughput and capacity. Throughput is doesn't do you much good if it just goes through and onto the ground. Capacity has to be rated at a loss and being able to measure the loss. Jeff Shano is a well-known soil scientist from the University of Saskatchewan. His enthusiastic presentations are popular with both students and farmers at field days. I've been doing a lot of, of research work and teaching and extension work uh, across the province in the area of uh, soil fertility, fertilizers, nutrient cycling to uh, help farmers uh, get uh, more out of the nutrients that they're applying to the fields, whether it's manure or whether it's a commercial fertilizer, to get it into the plant and not lose it to the environment. 
Jack Dawes is a senior statesman in Saskatchewan agricultural media. He's best known for his time with CJGX Radio in Yorkton in the 80s and 90s, but he is still working part-time for The Rock FM in Yorkton as its agricultural reporter. Actually, I just turned 81 in June, and uh, I guess my answer is a question. Why would you retire from something that you enjoy doing? And we'll have a feature interview with Jack tomorrow on Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. The other three inductees are former Canola Council of Canada agronomy specialist Jim Bessel, Mark Silzer of Humboldt, who spent many years with provincial, national, and international bison organizations, and Margaret Kroll, who contributed to rural life with her work as an extension specialist and home economic entrepreneur. All six will be honored at a gala event later this year, which will be held in conjunction with the Agricultural Hall of Fame's 50th anniversary. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber. Go from backyard blah to backyard beautiful with landscaping products from Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Sask Pork, perfect pork, our passion, our promise. Learn more at saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 7.10 at 7.95.22. One red spring wheat went up 4.25 at 3.78.18. The rest all unchanged. Durham 408.62. Feed barley 2.72.87. Chickpeas 9.25.95. Flax 6.62.67. Lentils 7.31.50. Oats 296.53, yellow peas 442.89, and feed wheat 299.56. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat rose 16 and three quarter cents at 909 and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 9th. Our last regular sale was on August 3rd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.07 to $1.18. D3 cows sold from $0.90 cents to $1.05. Counter cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.80. Cents. Heferet sold from $1.35 to $1.55. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.25 to $1.45. There weren't enough steers or heifers to establish an accurate price quotation. Lots of yearlings have been selling in the States. The prices have been high on them, which should reflect here when we have our pre-sorted yearling sale on August 15th. This has been Stephanie Dig reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,500 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 268 to $287 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling in a range of 269 to $285 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are up, selling in the range of 70 to 80 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is up before contract prices open higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down 14 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2880. Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.22 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices continue to make gains in the Western Corn Belt and advance another $3.29 U.S. 108 relative to the previous day. The thinly traded region is getting some attention as packers bid more aggressively for uncommitted hogs in order to keep production schedules full. USDA data is showing weights near seasonal lows. Producers are very current and combined with robust demand, hogs not on contract are able to command a premium. 
Formula hogs in the negotiated regions are improved by a more modest two cents US hundredweight and are so far trending lower for the week, but prices are still at or amid record levels. Meanwhile, lean hog futures continue to trade with a bias to the upside. Yesterday saw a down day, but only modestly so, and all contracts are steady higher through mid trade today. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Partnership has announced four finalists for the STEP Export Award. The winner will be announced at the annual meeting in Saskatoon, September 29th. The 2022 finalists to be recognized for success on the international stage, including Wilger Industries, Saskatoon, manufacturers of farm construction and mining equipment. The other finalists include Algorithm Ingredients, which produces plant-based ingredients from microalgae. The other two companies, all from Saskatoon, include Hydrolitex and Skillshark Software. SAS Power has signed a 20-year agreement with the Southwest Power Pool to expand the transmission line capacity between Saskatchewan and the United States. The increased capacity will enable the import and export of up to 650 megawatts of electricity starting in 2027. The Southwest Power Pool manages the electric grid for the central U.S. With 106 members across 14 states, it allows Saskatchewan access to the large market to ensure reliable energy to support Saskatchewan's own generating facilities. SAS Power says it will help to manage the integration of more intermittent renewable power like wind and solar while keeping costs as low as possible for consumers. It also allows SAS Power to export excess power into the pool and create revenue opportunities. Currently, SAS Power has tie line capacity of 150 megawatts to the U.S., 290 megawatts with Manitoba, and 150 megawatts with Alberta. The new U.S. tie line will cover 650 megawatts. On the markets, the TSX is up 307 points to 19,885. The Dow has risen 487 points to 33,261. Oil has gained $1.14 at 91.64 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 78.30 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.